Welcome to the Political Pharmacist Podcast, the first podcast to focus on the political side of pharmacy. Here's your host, Eric Geyer. All right, everybody. Sorry about some of the technical difficulties there, but uh, we have Erin Wiley here. Um, she works at the Willow Center in Toledo, Ohio. Erin, what is your exact uh, title and what do you do there? Sure. Um, I'm an LPCC. It's a licensed professional clinical counselor. So I'm a mental health professional and I own the practice. And right now I think we have 29 other therapists beside myself. Um, we, I call it a family practice because um, we see lots of families, um, little kids, teens, adults, married couples, individuals, all the people. Okay. So um, we have, I wanted you to come on here today because mental health in healthcare has been a huge issue and in pharmacy, uh, specifically with this group, since we got like 40,000 members. And since you're in Toledo, Ohio, you know, you know the area where a lot of us practice since there's a lot of people from the Midwest, especially Ohio in the group. Um, and we have some questions mm -hmm. for you, if you don't mind answering them. Is that, is that cool for everybody? Yep. Awesome. So, I'm game. So, um, <laughs> great. So what have you been seeing, I guess, with like healthcare people who have been struggling with during the pandemic with everything kind of like what have you seen and what have you seen that's like uh, some good steps they can take to kind of assess or help their mental health sure i mean honestly it's the same all over teachers stay-at-home parents business people on zoom all the time telehealth <laughs> professionals medical pharmacy like everyone is in the same boat as far as being emotionally overwhelmed physically tired, emotionally and mentally fatigued. Um, so it's very much the same across the board for everyone. For sure, I do think that um, educators and medical professionals seem to be struggling the most because the pressure is so great um, and the demand is relentless. Like it never, you know, it never ends. And every day you go in and you not only have today's work, but whatever piled up from the day before. Um, I really think, you know, um, as a mental health professional, I feel like I have all sorts of amazing advice to share with people, but it only works if people take it, right? So it reminds me of when you go and see your own doctor and they say, hey, you probably should start exercising a little more, lay off the donuts, and you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I know, okay, cool, thanks, and then you don't do it. So I have all sorts of ideas, but you would be tasked with actually trying to work them into your schedule and really... Uh, at least what I find, uh, and it's true for all of us, um, people don't change typically unless something bad happens, and then they change. You know, you guys are in medicine. So, um, so I mean, even myself, I got COVID about a month ago, and I thought, well, this is a wake-up call. I need to slow down like everyone else, right? But there yeah. are certain things that I do and have done over the last few years that I'll um, share with you and suggest that really can, um, I think, be um, hugely impactful in the quality of your life, but it's just a matter of doing them. So I will start with, um, to me, everything starts with sleep. And we even know that there's some really good COVID research about melatonin and the amount and quality of sleep that you get, restorative sleep, um, and how it helps with inflammation and regeneration of the body and the mind. And so I always suggest to people, you've got to get your sleep routine down. And it's easy to be like, I know, I know. But we've, I, I literally just switched my plug across the room. So I plug in my phone across the room. 
so that you're not sitting there checking your email and your bank account and any work. It's too much. And then scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through whatever social media you like. So getting off the phone, not watching news right before bed, keeping your bedroom quiet. Um, I have like a humidifier to keep it moist so I can breathe okay. And I use my little breathe right strip so I can breathe better. And I have a little white noise machine so I don't hear sound in my house. Um, you know, uh, some people sleep with a bunch of animals. That's not always conducive. Or children <laughs> who are kind of like animals. Um, that's not always conducive to a good night's sleep. So if you can spend a minute thinking through, like, what would make my sleep better? Don't eat right before you go to bed. You know, don't drink a whole bunch of water before you go to bed. Read instead of watching TV. Just keeping the house quiet. I, um, tell, I'm always telling my family, like, we turn the volume down if they are watching TV. Um, and I am a big fan of lamps. I turn off all the overhead lighting in the house because you're trying to tell your brain, um, right, you want your own melatonin to kick in and you need darkness. So getting off the computer, I think sleep is the beginning of a good routine for taking care of yourself. Um, a lot of people do struggle with sleep, and so I'll teach you real quick if you want to hear a really good routine for falling asleep. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Hell yeah, because I know it's pharmacy we work swing shifts and some of us work overnight. So yeah. Yeah. That's super hard. Okay. So again, this is one of those things that is not complicated. It's simple, but it's not easy because you have to practice it. But basically if I can't fall asleep or I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm trying to fall back asleep and you know, like how it happens sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and then you go, shoot, tomorrow's Tuesday. I have to yeah. do that thing. Like your brain starts going and then your heart starts racing and then your mind is working and it's hard to fall back asleep. Yeah. So what I have learned to do and trained myself to do, and I'm really good at falling asleep now. It's a special skill. Um, but what I've learned how to do is calm my mind by focusing specifically on muscle groups of my body. So if I wake up and I think, oh, it's 2.30, I hope I can fall back asleep. I think, nope, we're not thinking. Think about something else. And so I think, relax your shoulders. And then I think, relax your face. And then I relax my face. And I think, relax your pelvic floor. And I just keep going through muscle groups over and over. And I try to calm my breathing and make it shallow. Because I think sometimes we think taking deep breaths is calming. But that's activating. If you ever, if you think of how someone sounds when they sleep, you usually can't hear them breathing, right? So real small, shallow breaths. And I just keep going around and around. And I think, go to your face again. Imagine your face, all the muscles, and microscopically release them. And if you focus over and over on relaxing your body, it's a great way to train yourself to fall back asleep. So I do think that um, getting yourself prepped for bed and getting a good night's sleep is really a great basis for taking care of yourself. That's, that's huge. That's something I know I need to work on. I'm not good at that. I will be up sometimes till one or two in the morning doing crap, yep. if not later. So yeah, that's, it doesn't yeah. always help if you gotta work at eight the next morning. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Right. I mean, I remember way back in the day, um, I used to have a job that um, I taught at school and I had to get up at 530 in the morning. And every time 530 came, I thought, my God, this is like uh, torture. And then I started thinking, I watched two episodes of Dateline last night. How has that contributed to my health and happiness this morning? Not at all. Yeah. And I literally stopped watching TV probably a decade ago. I mean, occasionally, but it's just a habit we get into of a lot of flickering lights and advertising for hours, and that is not conducive to being your healthiest. No, that's definitely not. That's a great one. 
Um, and kind of like moving from there, you said obviously a lot of flickering lights. In pharmacy, obviously, like you said, it's been super stressful since COVID hit. And it was stressful before that, just because we have these mountains of work. We have like multiple phones ringing. We have people asking us questions. We have technicians asking questions, possibly the pharmacist, yeah. you know, certain doctor calls, drive-throughs. I mean, the only place they can't come is like directly behind us or on the floor. When you work in an environment like that, what are some tricks to really like getting yourself so you're not too stressed out in the moment? Sure, sure. I mean, if that was my situation and that's how I had to work, I don't know if there's anywhere you could escape to, but when I've had jobs where I'm like in a space that you can't get out, I would go in my car for even five or 10 minute breaks and just be alone in silence. And like, and I, and I am the queen. I feel like we're talking about sleep a lot, but I will get on my phone and set a timer for 10 minutes. You usually can't fall asleep in 10 minutes, but you can start to fall asleep. And that's enough to quiet your mind into silence that will give you some energy back. So I'd be trying to find ways that you can create your own silence, and I'm sure it's extremely difficult, but um, I'm a proponent of, um, you know, if you want to make it happen, you'll make it happen. Um, and so I don't know how that usually works. I mean, do you guys, I'm sure it's different all over, but do you get like a 30 or 60 minute lunch or like? It's 50-50 anymore. Some places don't. I know um, where I work at, currently here entitled to a lunch, it's not always taken. I always make a big act of trying to take at least 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, all my staff know that. Um, but for people who don't, any ideas? Um, maybe uh, one thing I was always curious of, maybe like writing down stuff when people got questions or, or you think that would help? Or what do you think would help in a situation like that? So you just mean like when that. you're bombarded with all sorts of questions all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, owning my own company, what I do, literally if someone comes to me and they say, hey, I wonder if I could have a meeting with you. I literally open, I mean, this is probably super antiquated, but I open my notes. And I say, yep, call Lisa about meeting. And I say, I'll get with you when I have time. And I add now, of course, I add like a million things that seems that there's, you have to have days where you get a chance to catch up. But so that I don't forget, people will say, hey, can you send me that email? And I'm like, yep. And I'm like, right, type it, type it right now, or I will forget it. There's too much coming at you. So however, if you have a paper list or an electronic list, but whenever someone's throwing something at you, if you cannot immediately get to it, uh, the brain gets too overwhelmed, right? So keeping a list is a great idea. Also, I think you really can take like a micro break where if things are crazy and you really have like literally 10 seconds that you can stop. And I mean, there's a bunch of things you can do. You could like, I would probably center myself with some pressure on my sternum and I would just think, relax your shoulders, relax your face, take a slow breath in. And I probably would think of some kind of focus word like calm or peace or family or something that could like ground you in the moment um, because it's got to be, I mean, I, I only know from going to a pharmacy. I've not lived in that little cage you're in. So it's got to be so stressful and loud and the fluorescent lights and that's a lot. So just taking a moment to focus, even if it literally is 10 seconds, can just help reset you to keep going, I would think. Do you think anything like, uh, like you said, family there? So that's what I was thinking of, like putting pictures of family up helps it all be stressed. Do you think that makes it more stressful? You can maybe put like something funny up, like something goofy. Like, is there anything like that that might help people to kind of look at? And yeah, distract themselves. Maybe? Any of that stuff. Like, I think we have to know what works for us. I know if I have a rough day at work and it's like depressing or dark, 
I always go to comedy and I watch comedians because they make me laugh and they're funny. And that makes me feel a lot better. I've also found in the times where I'm feeling really overwhelmed and dark, like to me, there's two main things. One would be self-care that you just, whether you've got a significant other or kids or it's yourself and you've got to kind of shut out whatever, friends, parents, siblings, just finding some space when you get home to be alone. And if the only place you can find it is the bathroom, then just lock the door for a minute. But just having, or stay in your car in your driveway or your garage for 10 minutes and just finding a place of silence. We have so few places in our lives that are truly quiet. Um, so whether it's comedy or quiet, I think you have to um, experiment to see that what works for you. I suppose there's some people that would see a picture of their family and think, I should be home right now. I hate this. Like, that's not good, right? But if you can reframe your thoughts, which is like a cognitive behavioral therapy technique, you see your family and you think, this is why I do what I do. I help people so I can give my family what, what you know, whatever the goal is. Take my kids to Disney or buy our house or whatever. Um, whatever are, are those simple things. I also think if you have an Apple Watch, you can do all sorts of cool things, right? I mean, I suppose you could Google it and look it up. But I have on my Apple Watch um, an app called – hold on one second. I'll tell you what it's called. An app called – I am, I, and it's an affirmation app, right? Like how people say, I am calm, I am peaceful, I am happy. And so anytime I turn my watch on, like this one says, I lovingly forgive and let go of the past. Every time I look, it says something else. Like I am creative and inspiring. You know, little things like that, I think, that could be many little bursts of energy okay. through the day. Okay. Uh, you know, one thing I thought of too, just because, you know, it is kind of craziest. Maybe when you have your good moments of the day, or you find something, writing it down, so you can kind of celebrate your little victories. I know that's really tough yeah. in pharmacy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I literally, I'm gonna show it to you. I literally have a journal that I write in every morning and it says carpe diem on it. Yours doesn't have to say that. And what I write are memories. Of, I write one memory from the day before that's positive. It's like um, a neural feedback technique to help you focus on positive things. And if you do that every morning, not only do you remember and solidify that memory into your mind, but then during the next day, you're like, I'm going to write about that. You're like looking for good things to happen. And then you end up with this like lovely journal of stuff that I would never remember these things. Never. Just random small things, but we forget the good stuff and we focus on the problem. So that is a great idea, Eric. Yes. Yeah, that's something I'm, I just, you, when you said it, it came to me and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to work on that, but that's a good idea to help mm -hmm. kind of change the mindset, like mm -hmm. you said. Um, one thing too, and like we kind of mentioned this before, a lot of us work like we close till like 10 or 11, and we got to be back over at, open at 7 or 8 in the morning, which can obviously make yeah. sleep pretty tough. And you know, a lot of people in healthcare, especially pharmacists, doctors, tend to cope with alcohol and other substances. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a hot topic, but what are things that you could, like, maybe people start, like, could look for if they start seeing signs of that? And how, mm -hmm. like, I don't want to say get out of it, because obviously it's a very complicated issue. Sure. But, like, maybe, maybe kind of realize or hit the pause button or self-assess sure. a little bit. Um, so you're talking about like if they find if they find that they like are feeling like they're getting depressed or yeah, like they're getting depressed or you know they go home they're like, I just gotta have one beer you know that's right of right like coping and drinking yeah I mean it's something we all have to be mindful of right like I know that I ate too much comfort for food during COVID and so today was my big reset where I was doing like intermittent fasting. 
I just think for all of us, I, you know, I, um, I had a big birthday, um, uh, this past month and I went away to Florida, took a long vacation. And for part of it, because I had COVID, I got to be alone because of isolation. And it was so good to be alone. And I know when I have little kids, it would have felt nearly impossible. But like I said, if you want to make it happen, if someone's life depended on it, you would do it. And I sometimes think our lives depend on it. And there's something about reflection, personal reflection, that's very much a part of what I do with therapy. But anyone can self-reflect on a Sunday night before your work week starts. Just sit down and kind of be like, what went well this week? Look through your week. What did not go well? Reflect on it and then be like, are there habits that are good that I've started that I want to do more of? Are there things that are getting out of control? And yeah, I definitely have, um, I'm thinking of like um, emergency room doctors, EMTs, who have said I've gone from drinking one glass of wine a night to two to three. Sometimes I finish a bottle and I know I shouldn't. And so I tend to be, I tend to favor small changes that actually can last instead of cold turkey ending it because that's so hard to maintain. And so um, uh, my vice is cherry Pepsi. And so when I'm like trying to quit, I don't just cold turkey quit. I will drink like three fourths and then I make myself pour the end of it out because I'm like making a statement, which is you can enjoy it, but you can't have too much. And I'm like trying to remind myself. So, you know, pouring half a glass, walking away, taking a break, making yourself. I mean, the truth is only we can discipline ourselves, right? Like no one's, there's no police in your house that is going to tell you what to do. So you could say, I'll drink one glass of wine and then I have to have a glass of water and a glass of juice before I let myself have another, knowing full well, that would put it off for you, right? Or just rewards. Like if I can only have a half a glass of wine every day this week instead of the two I've been having, then at the end of the week, whatever, you get some kind of treat for yourself. You go out and get a burger, whatever. Um, but finding small rewards for breaking habits and doing it in small pieces. Okay. Um, another thing that and I'm sure you've seen this with what you do all the time, but in pharmacy, we're constantly dealing with misinformation and like changes in information. Right. Um, when someone has to deal with like mis or disinformation and you know it's wrong because the way you're trained, your education base, your critical thinking, that can obviously be very frustrating. Any good ways to kind of deal with that um, okay. for people? Okay, so are you talking about like um, conspiracy theories and microchips and vaccine? Is that what you mean? Stuff like that. Okay, yeah. you, you don't mean <laughs> like from your bosses that misinformation comes down through work yeah, line. Yeah. You're talking about like the public. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, what we get thrown at us when we try to talk to people. Any ideas for that one? Sure. I mean, I can appreciate how maddening that would be to talk to someone that you're like, I have logic and reasoning and science and medicine and education, and you're trying to tell me that you know more than I do because you watch some TV show. Um, I think, I mean, the first thing always with any person who is irrational, uneducated, is to validate them. It doesn't mean you say that what they're saying is true and correct. You just say, okay, no, I have heard of that TV show, or I can see why someone might think that, or I appreciate that that's a huge concern of yours, or it sounds like you're afraid of something bad happening. So validating automatically makes them feel like you're not fighting them, you're not being condescending, you're not trying to educate them because they're so dumb. And when people feel like someone heard them, like it's universally beneficial in every relationship we have to validate someone even if we don't agree. So that's a good starting point. Um, 
there's an old sales technique that I keep bringing up lately. It just keeps being relevant, but it's called feel, felt, found. And so you use the template where you say, um, I, I hear how it sounds like you feel really concerned. So you talk about how they feel, um, feel felt. I have felt concerned before in the past too, when, you know, there's been a new medical procedure or when, when I don't have enough information and then you do find, you say, but I have found that I can trust the medical doctors and the scientists and so far all of the research has proven x y and z so validate how they feel share with them to create a, a, a relationship for the moment that you know you have felt that way too in times so you you're telling them you empathize um and then tell them what your experience has been because always talking about how we feel about things like you could argue forever and say well that's actually not true and they're like i read it in this magazine you're like okay well that's not a medical journal have you ever read a medical journal like that's not going to get you anywhere but if you talk about the concern the emotion, the feeling, like that I think is a way to try to get someone to hear your side. Yeah, that's something I definitely work on. I'm like a facts first person, so that's something that I uh, I definitely struggle right. with. I think that's a good way. I've read some things recently that said that too. There's been a lot of things on online about you know misinformation, and I like the way you describe that. That's a better way, because I was listening to scientists describe it, not mental health care yeah. professionals, and I think that you're right, like, right. first time. <laughs> makes it easier yeah. actually um, kind of along that lines one thing that I know you do with your job at some point I know it happens with ours a lot is when you feel like you just been underappreciated for the day what's the mm. best way to kind of bring yourself back up or to bring your team back up or if you have one person who says they feel underappreciated what's the best way to kind of sure. like change that yeah well okay so this that's actually an interesting question I mean I I would think there is a difference between whether you are a boss, a team leader, a manager, a regular just employee. It's probably a little different because I know as an employer, I'm always concerned with the culture of my practice and morale. So I post like quotes. I do ice cream days where I bring in ice cream and stock the freezer. Like I try to do things that are like fun and novel and celebrate people. Um, I mean, you can do a wall where if someone says that Sarah was so nice that you're like, thanks so much for letting us know. And you stick a sticky note that says, um, you know, a customer said at 11 this morning, Sarah is so nice. We couldn't agree more. Pop it up there. I mean, but that might not be stuff that everyone could do, right? That might be more like boss stuff. But, I, you know, there's if you have decent bosses, there's no reason that you can't go to someone and say, hey, I mean, I, I suppose not every boss would be receptive. But I try to be, if someone's got great ideas, I'm like, yeah, try it. Um, one of my employees just said, hey, can I start? Um, a t uh, an accountability group for people who have like New Year's goals and I was like yep go for it and so people are joining someone did a walking challenge so anything that builds morale and I'm sure you could literally Google like building morale in the workplace and find like a list of hundred and eight things but anything that just makes people feel happier and better um, if it's an individual thing I mean if you're working in a really dark environment emotionally where people are unhappy, people are miserable, people are complaining and gossiping. And I mean, that can be pretty emotionally toxic. Um, uh, one thing would be do your best to avoid it. I just was listening to an audiobook by a comedian named Mindy Kaling. She was on The Office. And she said that um, Steve Carell from The Office, right, who played Michael, um, that when, when people would gossip about other people, 
and they would say, can you believe that? And try to get him in on the gossip. He would say, wow, that sounds wild. And he would just get out of there. Like, and I thought that, okay, that's like to go, you acknowledge what they're saying. And you're like, that is crazy that that person, you know, they're saying, oh, he's a drunk. And they're like, whoa, if that's true, that is wild. And then he would just get out of there. So not participating in um, the relentless repeating uh, of dark stuff and people being miserable and, you know, we're underpaid and our benefits suck. And it, it's so easy to do in a workplace, but it's so toxic. So anything you can do to break those cycles. Um, and if nothing else, if you have to, um, I think finding someone at work that you can talk to, any person who is support, and if you really can't, finding someone outside of work and just saying, right, like I, as a therapist, I'm always advocating for people too. Tell people what you need. So if you're really close to your dad or your sister, or you have a best friend or a spouse, to say, I'm really struggling at work. It is so dark, and I could really use, like, I don't even know, like affirmation, some positivity. So when I'm talking about work, if you can just jump in, like anything positive you can say to help me, right? Like just tell people what you need. Okay. It can be helpful. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense there. Um, yeah, that's been some awesome advice there. Uh, I'm looking kind of here to see – uh, some of the other questions that people have asked, and I've got it on my phone. So give me one second here, yeah, fine. I've got just to kind of make some notes. Too. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've got some stuff uh, I can let's see. talk about. Yeah, if you got something, go for it. While I'm pulling them up. Yeah. Um. So one thing I think that sounds like so cliche and maybe even lame is finding a hobby you enjoy. And last year in November, so 2019, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing this. I've always wanted fish. I've kept like a goldfish, but I wanted an aquarium that I could make pretty and have pretty fish. And it was such a simple, small thing, but I went out and did it. And I bought an aquarium and I learned all about like the science and like the biology of the chemistry of the water and got to meet new people and join like a local fish group. Like it couldn't be nerdier. It's so geeky. But like, I love my snails and I love my betta fish and I love creating this like atmosphere for them and like playing around with the water chemistry. And it's just, it's like a fun thing that sidetracks you and gives you something interesting to do, something new for your brain to learn, something that's not what you do at work. And I think that can be so valuable. So whether it's something specific like crafting and learning how to knit or crochet, or just committing to like, I'm going to play pool and I'm going to teach my kid to play, like, or Yahtzee or Scrabble. Like, just thinking outside the box and trying to find something that's new that uses a different part of your brain, I think brings like variety and sometimes some fun to life. And that can be important when you do feel overworked, you feel unappreciated, every day rolls into the next, it's feeling really monotonous and not fun. Um, another one that I think. Um, I was trying to imagine your lives and I know like you were saying something about numbers and that, you know, bosses can be like, these are the metrics and we aren't doing enough and we're not seeing people fast enough. I really have found for me, and I would think this would fit for a lot of you. Um, you're all very bright. You're smart math science people. So some of you are probably type A, motivated, go, go, go. Um, I have learned because I'm like that this past year to just say to myself, I'm doing the best I can. I'm working as fast as I can. This is as much as I can do. Because all day long, I had an expectation like, shoot, I didn't do that. Dang it, I need to do more. And then the end of the night would come and I would think, this day sucked, I got nothing done. 
which is a horrible way to end the day. And so I started saying to be kind to myself, which is like a learned skill of saying, you did the best you could today. You did your best and you got done what you could get done. And that's all you could do. Good job, self. And so in the morning I say, you're gonna get as much done as you can get done today. Instead of saying, I'm gonna nail it, I'm gonna get so much done, we're gonna kill it. And then if it doesn't go that way, you're like disappointed and mad at yourself. So I think there's something about self-talk and talking yourself through things that is really, really beneficial for having some peace of mind. Um, and then the other thing um, I wanted to um, bring up uh, when I was looking at the questions you were suggesting, um, was just focusing on what you can control because there are some things that are out of our control and when we focus on those it makes us miserable Focusing on what you, you can control your attitude, right? Like let's be real um, Victor Frankl was locked in a concentration camp and starved and like tortured and he decided they can break my body But they cannot have my mind. It probably feels like that at work sometimes <laughs> But yeah. you know like you're there and if you're you can say like I'm not gonna be negative or I'm gonna focus on each person in the moment giving them my best making eye contact being kind smiling because it's easy when you're grouchy to be like next net and be miserable but you can decide that you're not gonna be that way you can decide it takes some energy but I think being self-aware and recognizing that in time you can break habits of being in a dark place and you can get out of okay. that yeah no I it definitely takes energy because I've been in both sides of that and some days you're just not having it. There's stuff outside of work and you're just like, you know, to put on that face does take a lot more on those days. Mm -hmm. uh, here's one somebody asked that I think is really good. At what point would you advise seeking help for overwhelming feelings that occur more often than not? Sure. Well, more often than not would be a sign right there. Um, I always say um, reaching out to some, you know, like a community or religious leader or an actual trained professional, a therapist, or just a mentor or whatever. Um, we all have coping skills. So let's say, to simplify, on a scale from 0 to 10, you have really strong coping skills at like a 7.8. Well, when life is like 4, 5, 6, 7, you're fine. But when you have COVID and it's like a stress of like an 8.8, life has superseded your ability to handle it. And when, yeah, you're relying on food and alcohol, um, pornography, gambling, and you're finding ways to constantly check out of life because you're so miserable and you're not interacting with people like normal, or you're angry, short, snippy, can't sleep, feel sad, depressed, feel hopeless, like life isn't worth it anymore, feel just kind of dead inside, numb. And all of those would be reasons to seek out professional help. The hardest thing right now to me is uh, I have such concern suggesting people get professional help because we are so slammed and it's almost impossible to find appointments with therapists right now. I've jokingly said if you can find a therapist with an open schedule, do not see them. Something must be wrong because we are all slammed. But places take wait lists. And at my place, we had such a huge wait list, we had to stop. But I tell people, if you're really serious, call every day, every other day, just checking in, any openings, and you can get help from a professional. Um, but there's good resources online, too. I mean, if you're not in a place where you're, like, deeply struggling and chronically unhappy, but you're just like, this sucks, life sucks, I'm miserable, I'm not happy, there's a lot of things you can look up online. 
Um, there's books. Um, I can suggest them if you want, and you can post them in the group for people to work through things on their own um, and you know, reading and okay. trying different things. Yeah, definitely send me that email, or you can just comment because you're in the group too. You can post them there so people can yep. see see mm -hmm. you and see that stuff. Um, here's one that's probably not as much in your lane, but I want to see what you say yeah. about it. Uh, how do you handle people wearing masks or wearing them inappropriately when you or they are high risk? Right. Yeah, that's a great question, right? Well, so we've, I think, I mean, you've all encountered that, right? <laughs> um, and of course, so the ways you, I mean, you can hire, you can handle it by not being nice and just saying, you need to put your mask on. I cannot serve you. Like everyone's so grouchy and pissed off right now. It would be easy to be mean, right? Um, the optimal kindest nice thing to do would be to say but you know you're protecting them too so you are giving them a directive but i would just say i'm going to need you to put your mask up for your protection and mine we're really just trying to make sure that people don't get sick that's what i would say i mean it's pretty simple um but you do it in such a way that's not confrontational that's not offensive that's not condescending um and and I mean, I'd say you do it with a smile, but you have a mask on. But people can see, right? I mean, you can tell when someone's smiling by their little squinty eyes. Mm -hmm. So just saying, oh, like, to me, um, I don't know, and maybe this is a girl thing because women are typically socialized to be really nice and not offend people. So there may be people who disagree with me and say, you should just say, you need to put your mask on, sir. You're going to get someone sick. Please put it on. But, like, I don't know, I'm always... I always defer to kindness because that typically will win people over emotionally and then they're not grumpy and angry, but I would tell them it's for their good. I would say, and we've had um, some issues at our therapy practice. We're mostly telehealth, but some of us still do in person. And we say, whether it's true or not, you know, you got to decide what you want to say, but we'd say, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about you. I'm around a lot of people and I do not want to get you sick. So you make it about them and your care for them. Hopefully that helps. Okay. No, I think that I think that's definitely a good way to approach it. All right, last one here before we call it quits. Um, let's see. So coping mechanisms. I'm going to kind of twist mm -hmm. the question a little bit, but is a twisted or very dark sense of humor healthy? <laughs> <laughs> I love a dark sense of humor. Um, I think it's hilarious. And I think when you're in a profession like yours and ours where it is sometimes life and death, I mean, especially with COVID, it legitimately is, it's so natural to make light of it. I mean, obviously, if we're not making offensive jokes to, like, people of color, people who are different than us, like, that's not appropriate. It's offensive. Um, but, you know, um, something a little more macabre and, you know, I think that's so human nature. Um, we actually, I think we were just talking about this today in a meeting and just saying it's a fine line to know, like, we shouldn't be making fun of patients. But, you know, if someone comes up and has a giant booger hanging out of their nose, like, that's funny, and we're going to laugh at it. Sorry. Like, there's just certain things that humans will find funny, and you have to laugh. My gosh. That's why I literally watch comedy, and I'm obsessed with comedy. Like, it will – laughing is so good for you, right? It releases so many great uh, neurotransmitters, like dopamine, that will make you literally feel better. Um, so absolutely, I think I, any sense of humor is good as long as it's appropriate and not hurting people. Yes, no, that's, that's good there. Um, where can people find you again or find, you know, your business just since you're helping us out and giving us some tips, maybe they want to reach sure. out, maybe they're in the Ohio area. So. 
Yeah, you can follow me on my personal business page, which is Erin Wiley, clinical psychotherapist, and I'll post articles that I write, um, places I'm quoted. I think I'm going to be quoted in the Wall Street Journal nice. coming up here. Um, and, yeah, I know, right? That was a nice, uh, my, publicity, my publicity person got me that. But like, so I'll have articles and suggestions. Um, the ladies of the group, I run an online group called Manage Your Shift. And if you type that into Facebook, you should find us. You just have to um, like, uh, like apply to be invited. You just like click a link and then I'll let you in the group. But that's a really great place where women are supporting women, um, sharing information about mental health. I put up a lot of great funny memes. I do a lot of affirmations, um, a lot of really great support there emotionally, specifically for the gals. Um, but there's all sorts of really great stuff, I think, um, happening online with mental health people that... All you got to do is look up your local counseling practice and like it, and you'll probably find all sorts of great resources and articles. Okay, great. Yeah, um, for the people watching this, obviously people are going to watch this after we post it. We're going to post everything we can in the comments. Erin's now in the group, so she can just throw whatever she wants on there. Um, and I added her because of this. And, you know, I know I went through dark points during this whole pandemic. Obviously, people know about my Bell's Palsy episode, even before then. So... It was rough. It was a rough year to have a kid and go through all this and then have everything thrown at us, trying to vaccinate the entire world when you only have so many shots. So, you know, this is something I really, I like what Erin puts out there, so I really want to make sure that we're highlighting it. And maybe she can help you. Maybe you need to find somebody else just wherever you're at. But uh, thanks again for doing this, and I appreciate your time, even through the technical difficulties as we start. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and I'll take a second to say that I really do, you know, on behalf of like communities everywhere, what you're doing is so important and you're providing literally a life-saving service even before COVID, right? Like you're doing important work and I can imagine people really do take you for granted because you are just busy back there and, you know, you, people want their pills. But um, as a community member, I will say though that we really do appreciate um, I appreciate your knowledge and your education um, and the fact that you know what you're doing. Uh, it's okay. You're changing lives, you're saving people's lives, and you're improving the quality of people's lives, and that's a really noble job to have. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, Aaron. I know right now with your profession and our profession, it's like we're trying to take on the whole United States to keep them together. So thanks right. again, and, and thanks for the kind yeah, of work you're doing. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Right, thanks for having care. me. Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah.